Hello, exceptional people. You are now listening to Change Today, a new podcast about how we can better society. I'm your creator and co-host, Mariam Antone. And I'm co-host, Molly Quatrusi. And today we will be discussing cultural appropriation. But first, let's catch up. How's it hanging, Molly? I'm so excited to go to sleep tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, it's been pretty good. That's good. I'm not going to be getting any sleep tonight because I have to do these, like, timed tests. Not, like, just I have to do this, like, list of tests for these chapters. And they're all due today. And there's 15 chapters. I've done four tests. Um, so you have 11 more to go yeah and they're due by the end of the night so that's fun yeah we record on fridays mostly so i'm not gonna be having a great weekend but i'm glad that you're gonna be sleeping hopefully step in the right direction for one of us definitely a step in the right direction (laughs) are you officially done with midterms or do you still have more so i'm done with my midterm exams but then next week i just have more exams i have a bio exam on monday and then a chem quiz on monday and then a chem exam on wednesday i love that so it's yeah very exciting stuff yeah i had four papers all due within like six days of each other that's awesome yeah so i two are passed in one i'm halfway through and one i haven't even started yet then i always have to do these tests too so here we go hoping for the best (laughs) okay i have a question for you okay if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly would you change anything about the way that you are living now i'd probably start communicating more openly with everybody i think that's a good one honestly because i feel like i hold a lot of things back and just because I'm not sure how they're going to take it or if I don't tell people that I appreciate them enough Mm. and that's another thing too so I just would start living more open and honestly yeah honestly I think the first thing I would do is drop out of college right because I mean if I don't have a future I'm leaving school today I'm gonna travel the entire world I'm gonna start I think in Southeast Asia. Oh, that would be so cool. Work my way west, skip Europe for now, go to North Africa, like starting from Morocco, go all the way down. Say hi to my family in Egypt. Be like, hey, what's up? I'm dying. And then chill out and go out to Europe. Because I feel like Asia is where I want to do the most, spend the most time. And Europe is like, I'm like about to die now. So I just need to die somewhere pretty. Right. I'll just go there to die. That's a great plan. Yeah. But yeah, I think I would definitely tell people how I genuinely feel about them. Right. What's the point of faking it anymore if you're dying? Just text everyone I know, hey, I'm dying. And by the way, I hated you in high school. (laughs) Or, hey, I'm dying. And by the way, I love you, mom. (laughs) So those are my plans. Every time I get into a new country, I'll text a different person and be like, hey, by the way, here's how I feel about you. What a great way to make everybody know how you feel about it. By the way, I'm in China right now. And also, I hate you. And then I don't even have to worry about, you know, their opinion of me. Because how can you hate a dead girl? That's so rude. They'll just be like, oh, okay. (laughs) Thanks for letting me know, question mark. With that, let's get right into it. Like Miriam said before, the topic we will be discussing today is cultural appropriation. So, cultural appropriation is the unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of customs, practices, ideas, etc. of one people or society by members of another typically more dominant people or society. Some examples are adopting a hairstyle, piece of clothing, manner of speaking, or even a type of exercise. So cultural appropriation can be similar 
similar to cultural exchange or cultural appreciation, but there's very important differences between all three. So cultural exchange is the equal sharing of cultures on a fair playing field. Fair playing field being the most important part of that sentence. Cultural exchange cannot happen if there is a difference in power dynamic. It is no longer an exchange at that point. So that's why someone borrowing somebody else's culture isn't an equal exchange if they're in a place of power. And then cultural appreciation is when, as a person, you are genuinely interested in seeking and learning about a different culture. You try to immerse yourself in their beliefs and their traditions. Honestly, I feel like that's really hard to do in America if you're not, I don't know, like an anthropologist. I mean, there's going to like museums. That's cultural appreciation for sure. I feel like here, especially just because cultural diversity is kind of tried to be wiped away, it's harder to do that. But obviously there are still culture present. And if you know someone who practices different traditions and beliefs in you and you genuinely want to know why and what they're doing and you're just curious then that is acceptable but if you just take their traditions without understanding why or you use the fact that you're friends with them to appropriate their culture i have all these indian friends so i'm gonna wear a bindi and everything's fine exactly and that's not the case so with that an example of cultural appropriation is the use of ave by white people ave is african-american vernacular English. In pop culture, it is seen as bad English, in air quotes, and led to the development of the slur Ebonics in 1973. It is not bad English, but a form of dialect. The grammar of Ave is different from that of regular English. It was born in the African-American South due to slavery to create a shared language between like-minded people who shared cultural background, being torn from their homelands and sold into slavery. Slaves were segregated from their own languages, so they banded together and created their own language to gain some form of freedom. Ava is still present in the modern day and becoming trendy thanks to social media. Some examples that are still present are tea, sis, child anyways, salty, lit, turnt, woke, and there's so many more, but I feel like that brings the point across enough. While most of these terms have become regularly used by white people, it is cultural appropriation because black people have been using these terms their whole lives and they created them and they are discriminated against for it. Like I said earlier, they are considered to have bad English when using these terms. But when mainstream companies use these terms for profit, it makes everybody seem like they can just use them. And that's just not the case. Because when white people use it, it's seen as trendy, but they don't realize that there's a true meaning behind it and it's a cultural meaning. And also they don't have to suffer the consequences of being seen as using bad English because they're white. Yeah. And it's it's kind of funny when it comes to language because it happens so naturally that you don't really question as a person where that came from. Um, and I was watching a movie for one of my classes, um, Spike Lee movie from the 80s, and they were saying bet left and right. And I genuinely thought bet just came out like in 2016 or 2017, you know? Me too, because that's just the way it is. So when you start using these terms, you don't think that there's anything wrong with them because you think it's just new slang and it just came out of nowhere. But it really has deep origins. Mm -hmm. All of these terms have deep origins to them. Just as a slight disclaimer, when it comes to cultural appropriation, 
there's levels of offensiveness. And it's very likely that if you use these terms, you're probably not going to be offending somebody. But it's important to realize that, you know, what you're doing is a form of appropriation. Exactly. Just keep in mind that these terms weren't created yesterday and for white people to use. Especially if you're also the kind of person that will hate on a black person for using these words when they're literally theirs. And there's actually, the thing about Ave is that it's not just a way of speaking. They have grammatic rules. It's an actual dialect exactly. with rules and there's certain things that you can't say and you can't say and things that are still considered grammatically incorrect in Ave. It's not just like throwing words together and we're going to call it this African-American vernacular English. Yeah, they wouldn't just be like, oh, that's lit, turn. It's so woke. There's a structure to it. Yeah. If yeah. You, like One of the biggest examples that I can think of is if you ever hear a Black person, instead of saying ask, they say axed. And all of these things, like that, that's not them just speaking bad English, you know? These are grammatic rules that there's like a list of them. I'm sure you can look it up and you'll find plenty. Another way that Americans, or honestly just the white West, um, appropriate culture, and this is probably one of the most harmful ways. Like I said, there's level of offensiveness. This is probably at the apex. And we've seen it the most with fashion designers. So instead of hiring a Native American, a North African, an Indian, a whatever model to represent their own culture, white designers will take pieces of different cultures, turn them into these trends, put them on white models, have them walk the runway, have them do a photo shoot, whatever, saying, oh, but I love this culture. Oh, this piece is so beautiful. If you love a culture, don't try and profit off of it without giving anything back to that community. Hire a Native American model. She can wear a headdress. That's her culture. That exactly. has meaning to her. It has no meaning to you. You're just using it because it's pretty. Mm -hmm. That's not the same as appreciating a culture. Yeah. You have no idea what the meaning behind it is at all. And don't even try to say you do, because you definitely don't. It's just, how can you say that you love a culture and then refuse to hire people within that culture? Exactly. You obviously don't love the culture, you just love what they wear. Or you just know that this is the trend forecast for fall of 2020. Right. So I know if I use this piece for this show with this concept, I'm going to make approximately this much money. And that's not the right way to go about using cultural pieces. That is not yeah. at all. Especially when you think about the significance it has to that culture. Like one of the big ones was a few years ago where it was a set of models wearing hijabs and walking down a runway in underwear. If you're gonna appropriate the Muslim culture, why do you think they wear a hijab? It's for modesty. And exactly. now you're having these women strut down a runway you know, in underwear. And it's like, good on them. We're not trying to like shame them. You do you. You're a model. Right. But that's not the way that it's so offensive. So offensive. It is. Because the whole point of their culture is that they live a modest life. Mm -hmm. And that is the opposite of modest. Yeah. Just if you're going to appreciate a culture, appreciate it the right mm -hmm. way. Don't just use one piece you like for a trend and erase its entire meaning in the background. And actually, now that we're thinking about this, I just remembered. So we're recording this mid-October of 2020. So a few weeks ago was the Savage Fenty show by Rihanna. Yes. And let's make it very clear that Rihanna is not white. That doesn't mean that she can't appropriate culture because she also used the Muslim prayer 
in her show because she thought it sounded nice as these women were walking down the runway in underwear. And she came under fire for it and she apologized, which everybody makes mistakes and we should, obviously, if she's genuine about it, we should forgive her. But it's not just white people that can appropriate culture. Anyone can appropriate culture. Yes, that is true. So when it comes to different hairstyles, like dreads and braids and cornrows, when they're worn by white people, it can also be offensive, but for different reasons. This is kind of similar to, you know, what Molly was talking about, Ave and, you know, the bad English. So black people were discriminated against for wearing these hairstyles. So they would lose jobs. They would get kicked out of schools for wearing their hair naturally when afros and curls or in protective styles like braids and dreads. So they were dehumanized for just literally being like being natural and then as soon as a white person like justin bieber gets dreads or the kardashians wear cornrows it's popular everybody loves it people want to be a part of it it's just how can you be that ignorant is my question it doesn't make any sense but for people to not get it at this point right just don't do it it's so easy to just not wear braids that aren't designed for you yeah because you will never suffer the consequences of wearing that hairstyle Mm -hmm. if you're white you're in power so everyone's gonna look at you and be like oh that's so cute that's so trendy but the people who wear these hairstyles and get fired and kicked out of school and discriminated against on a regular basis for being unprofessional which is something i talked about in our last episode i think Mm -hmm. these hairstyles are looked at as unprofessional and then some white person just comes around and starts wearing it and it's okay for them that's just not right Mm -hmm. and also some of these styles do have meaning you know Like dreads, um, if you're Rastafarian, you're not supposed to cut anything, change anything about your body. Like Bob Marley died of toe cancer. If he had gotten the toe removed, he probably would still be alive. But he was Rastafarian and that was against, you know, his beliefs. So he didn't do it and sadly he passed away. And that's the reason that he wore dreads. And that's why Rastafarians wear dreads. They're not supposed to cut their hair and they need for it to to be maintained. And look nice. They need these dreads to maintain their hair. And when then, like, a random white person just wears it for fun, and everyone's like, hey, look at them, they look great. But you call African Americans with the same hairstyle dirty? Those were words used to describe Bob Marley. Dirty. Exactly. For wearing his hair like that. Right. If you can't see the hypocrisy in that, we can't make it any more obvious to you. But just don't do it. Don't wear braids. Don't wear dreads. It doesn't belong Mm -hmm. to you. With that comes another form of cultural appropriation, which is also very offensive. And this is called blackfishing. Blackfishing is an act in which white people alter their appearance in order to present themselves as black. So this can be done just with makeup if you wear foundations that are several shades darker than your skin to have a brown or black appearance. Or you can literally get melanin injections, which physically alters your skin tone and makes you darker than you should be. So many celebrities have participated in blackfishing, including Kim Kardashian, Addison Rae, Kim Zoliak and her daughters, Brielle and Ariana, and so many more. Even just regular people do this too, but when they see celebrities doing it, obviously that's where they get the inspiration from. Blackfishing can also also include appropriating black hairstyles, as well as receiving lip fillers or altering your lips in any way to make them look bigger. This was super popular on Instagram. I want to say like six, I mean it's still popular now, I don't want to say that it's not, but I feel like it spiked like 
what, six months ago, maybe a year ago now? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I feel like I saw it a lot over the summer, too. Yeah. A lot this summer. especially Definitely. And especially with the movement, you couldn't have... It was in such poor taste. I'm trying to remember the first time I heard the term blackfishing. I feel like it was last winter. So winter of 2019. I think so, too. And I remember it was, like, this Polish girl... Yeah. That would, like, t- fake tan ridiculously and then post all these pictures. And I-, I kid you not, all of her followers genuinely thought she was black. Like, she was this, like, yeah. curvy girl that wore, like, typically black trend styles. And she dyed her hair. And she, like, looked black. And then this picture came out of her. And she's a white girl from Poland with, like, blonde hair, pinned straight. And it's, like, how are you getting yourself to look like that? Like, she like she was an Instagram model. She was profiting off of looking like F off using black features when she's not black yeah and that's the whole issue is black women especially are constantly torn apart for their appearance their hair is criticized their lips are criticized for being too big their skin is criticized for being too dark not to mention they're obviously discriminated against mm-hmm. because of being black and then you white people can just go and take these appearances that they are criticized to no end for and use them to make a profit or look better on your Instagram feed. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, blackfishing is just modern day blackface. It is. I mean, if you're getting melanin injections and you're fake tanning to the point where you look you're around. unrecognizable. Like, there's a difference between trying to get a little glowy for prom exactly. versus, like, literally painting yourself brown. Exactly. And we're not trying to say if you naturally tan, don't do that, because obviously that's something you can't control. And it's very obvious when someone has a natural tan versus painting themselves black. Yeah. It, there's a big difference. And also, I do want to say something about people that can naturally tan if you're white. This guy at my school who was older than me, He was, I think he was biracial, and he posted on his Instagram years after he graduated that white girls who could tan would walk up to him and be like, hey, look, I'm darker than you now. Does that make me black? Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) As a person who naturally tans, I would never go up to someone and say that to them because I know I'm white. I'm Irish and I'm Italian, and obviously the tanning comes from the Italian in Mm -hmm. me. I'm not black, (laughs) so I'm just, what? I don't even understand where, like, the comedy aspect off of a comment like that comes from. Like, how is that funny? Where, where is... It's just not funny at all. It's just, you're not black. Stop trying to take the experience. Yeah, and if you're, I mean, here's the thing, is that you're not taking the experience. You think you can take all the good. Black people have created so many trends in America. Exactly. I mean, come on. Half of the music you probably listen to comes from black artists or was inspired by black artists. Definitely. Like rock and roll, for example, Mm -hmm. was inspired from black artists who produce jazz music. Mm -hmm. Rap and R&B is no question. question. Regardless if the people you're listening to are actually black or not, that's black music. Black origins, definitely. Dancing, breakdancing, hip-hop, half of the contemporary styles of America today all come from black folk. So if you're okay with embracing all of this culture and then stealing more, then you should be okay with being discriminated against, having institutions in America weigh you down, literally take away your livelihood, and pretty much make it so you cannot succeed in life. Exactly. You cannot take the good and just leave all the bad. That's that's the main reason cultural appropriation is such a problem. These people have struggled their whole lives living in this country, 
And then here you come along. And we're not just saying it's white people. Right. Because I'm Middle Eastern, and if I wanted to, I could definitely appropriate black culture. Definitely. I mean, of course anyone can. That's But, like, this specific act is usually committed by white people. Mm-hmm. But just in general, just don't try to take black culture without taking the institutional oppression that comes with it. Right. You can't take the appearance of a black woman who has definitely been criticized for it and discriminated against because she's simply black and live your life as just a white person just with the benefits of these appearances absolutely while we're talking about music there's so many artists that love doing this whether it be in their verses or in their videos or in their whatevers Katy perry dressed up as a geisha in a live show and literally all of japan was offended she did an entire egyptian-based music video that just personally as an egyptian i watched it and i was laughing it was comical how like inappropriate and offensive it was and then even beyonce queen bee appropriated indian culture for one of her music videos so did selena gomez with Practically an entire tour, not just even one music video. True. Again, this is somebody profiting off of somebody else's culture, which is not okay. And for me to make this simpler, let's talk about this from a business standpoint. If I invent something and I have a patent pending, that means I can legally take credit for this thing that I invented. Now, if somebody else comes and they see my invention and I don't have my patent in yet and they get a patent before me, that means that invention is now theirs even though I created it. And that's usually the case, especially in the music industry, Mm -hmm. because producers always tend to favor the white artists and will push their art and their music, even though it definitely was adapted from a black artist or a black style of music. Most pop music nowadays based off of R&B, even Ariana Grande. I was about to say Ariana Grande, she went from being just straight pop singer to like half rapping in like almost every song. Exactly. And there are plenty of artists just like her Mm -hmm. who are black and produce these similar sounding music. And it actually makes sense because it's their culture. But the music industry especially is, it's very prevalent where they favor the white artists over the black artists, despite it being the black artist's creation. Mm -hmm. It's just so simple. Like if you work to do something and then somebody takes credit for your work, you're gonna not be happy. Right. And here's the thing about when it comes to culture, obviously not one person created culture and it's like this shared thing between a group of people. So it's hard to lay direct ownership to it especially in america where our history is based off of so many cultures coming together exactly but these things have significant meaning in their own culture we talked about how important the hijab is to muslims headdresses to native americans that means something the egyptian um, gods that were in Katy perry's videos that means something that's a history of people Just because you think it looks nice or you think it makes a good theme for your video doesn't mean that you just get to use it because you're entirely interpreting the meaning wrong 
in erasing the meaning from mm-hmm. it. Like these gods that you're featuring, they weren't around just to be your backup dancers. They were around to provide hope for these people that were living in a desert, trying to get by off of one river. That That's what those gods are for. They're not They're meant not to be. They're not for you to have dancing in your background of your video. Exactly. It's hard when you don't understand the meaning behind it to be like, well, why can't I wear this? Why can't I do that? Exactly. But when that means a significant amount to somebody, it's gonna be offensive when you portray it incorrectly or profit off of it when they can't even do that themselves and it's their culture. Kind of heavy topic. It really is. I feel like we sound very angry. It is honestly angering though. Mm -hmm. It really is because it's just something that you should know better. Yeah. You should just know not to steal somebody else's culture. Yeah. And I feel like these are fairly obvious examples of things you just should not do and you should just know it. Mm -hmm. We just talked about the obvious examples. Like There is territory that is hard to decipher. And there's even times that like me and I like study political science and I study race relations in America where I'm like, oh, is it? Is it not? Like, I don't know. A five-year-old wanting to dress up like Moana. I mean, is it? Is it not? I mean, I get it. It's tough sometimes, especially with costumes. For an adult, I'm a lot less sympathetic. But for a kid when this is their favorite movie it's hard to be like well sweetheart but you understand yeah Yeah. it's kind of necessary exactly if you start educating your kids when they're young to be like i know you love this movie and i know that you love this character but it's not your culture to dress up as Mm -hmm. then your kid will keep that lesson with them because kids will retain a lot more than you realize in the developmental stages of their life is when they learn all these things and pick up all these ideas and even biases learn what they can and can't do so instilling these lessons in them at a young age will create more tolerance for and more cultural appreciation and less cultural appropriation absolutely honestly i understand the struggles for the older generation of america even millennials to some degree right because the way that we're taught in this country we learn so much about ourselves yeah that it's so hard to understand why we can't do certain things when it comes to other countries exactly i don't blame you for not knowing it's genuinely not your fault you're practically set up to fail that's not what we're trying to say at all especially on the costumes aspect mm-hmm. because that's just obviously in america that you like you said the curriculum is very central to america yeah it's just all focused on us absolutely so me and molly are going to give you a little guide for upcoming well this podcast is probably going to come up after Halloween, but we're recording it before Halloween. So just for costumes in general, next Halloween, a costume party, a whatever, here's some tips for you. First of all, instead of trying to dress up as an entire culture, incorrectly stereotyping them, and then profiting or giving profits to a company that is not going to benefit that culture in any way, pick a person that you're interested in and imitate them instead. If you're really into Black culture, maybe pick a significant Black figure. Exactly. Kobe Bryant, Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Sure, you can, like, pick one outfit that really stood out to you one of their looks one of their looks by the way don't just make up a look and then be like i'm dressed as jay-z no no try to actually emulate one of their looks exactly don't darken your skin don't do that please don't do that don't try to change your hairstyle to make it look black no don't do that either but that 
isn't going to be offensive. In fact, we both dressed up as Beyonce last year, different versions. I was single ladies Beyonce and she was pregnant Beyonce. Beyonce. (laughs) But we were able to pull that off without being offensive because mine was easy because it was just a leotard and wearing my hair pulled back. Mm-hmm. because in the music video she just had her hair straightened and pulled back and obviously I didn't darken my skin mm-hmm. I just kept my skin the same and it worked yeah and it was like a cute costume people knew that my look was a little pregnant Beyonce wasn't you know people didn't know pregnant Beyonce too well <laughs> but you know single is Beyonce that was a very obvious one and it wasn't offensive because she didn't appropriate the culture she literally just picked a look out of a music video exactly and was like here we go I just wore a leotard and a glove yeah. with the ring on it. So that worked. So that's a pretty good, easy way to go about it. Um, an even easier way is to wear a normal Halloween costume. A witch, a banana, a cat, a nurse, a water bottle. A water bottle, yes. Nemo. Grapes. A leaf. A, lo- a, a pineapple. An apple. Any costume. No matter how weird it is, that has nothing to do with people and culture would also suffice. It will. It is just fine doing that. Or you could always go for like the devil or the angel. Classic can be done in so many different ways. You could even dress yes. up as your star sign. There you, you go. You can. That is and so now, true. That's fun. Dress up like an alien. That's always a cute that's one. That's classic. We love that. Firefighter. Mm-hmm. Yes. What was one that I saw? Oh, uh, Frat Boy. Common. Yes. Good. Classic. Um, what else is there? Oh, the, a deer. And then yes. the the guy yes. that hit her with a car. That's a good one. Yes. That's cute. Those ones are so funny. There's just so many costumes you can have without even appropriating mm-hmm. culture at all. One time, me and my friends dressed up as different versions of Tom Hanks. That's... So, so funny. there's so many yeah. good options. There's like actually millions of options for you to choose from. There are. And you can always dress up as characters who aren't black too. Because there's so many <laughs> Or of any race there. but your own. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Just like in general, there are so many white characters that you can dress up as or whatever race you are like mm-hmm. to dress up as for example my best friend and i our junior year of high school we dressed up as tina and louise belcher from Bob's there you Rivers. go and those were so funny and so cute that sounds cute so there are some options for you a pretty easy guy to follow i would say definitely hopefully you learned something during this podcast definitely i hope you did it i hope you can know that the difference between the obvious versions of cultural appropriation which you just should know not to do and then even the now you should at least know that some of them are accidental and not your fault but now you know better and you can work to not appropriate culture in that way anymore. Absolutely. It's a learning curve for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be something you know inherently. Yeah. And you're going to make mistakes along the way too. Exactly. Like there is going to be things that you say, pieces that you wear, hairstyles that you pick. And someone might correct you. And as long, honestly, as long as you just don't, don't take serious offense to that and get very defensive and very angry and you just learn from your mistake and you move on with your life, nobody's going to call you racist. Nobody's going to be that upset with you because we get it. It's not, these things, not everybody knows them, especially not to hate anyone, but when you're like from the Midwest or the Deep South, sometimes these things, you never learn about them in school. And then you don't have you know, this, you know, liberal state trying to get it into you. Right. So it's hard. Like, we get it. For everybody, it's going to be different for everybody. The way that you grew up, the people that you're surrounded with, you might not know these things. We came off a bit angry, and honestly, there is some parts, aspects of this that are infuriating. But 
that's not to say that if you make one mistake, you're a racist, you're a bad person, whatever. Exactly. No, just learn from the mistakes that you made, understand what it means to culture appropriate, and then be on your way. Exactly. So some sources we used while putting this episode together are what is Ave from languagejones.com? Is it cultural appropriation to use drag slang in Ave from Eleanor Trever? What is cultural appropriation and how can you spot it? The Week staff, that is theweek.co.uk. And from the same website, what is black fishing? Introduction to Cultural Appropriation, a Framework for Analysis by Bruce Ziff and Pratima V. Rao, and Reapproaching Cultural Appropriation by Quam Daz. And if you don't have the time to read, you know, these long essays or some of these web entries, L actually L magazine actually did a pretty um, good documentary on braids in America. It's called Braided, a documentary on braids and appropriation in America. It's actually really, really good. It's like 20 minutes. It's an easy watch. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah did like a five-minute segment on cultural appropriation. Last week, Tonight with John Oliver did a few-minute segment on cultural appropriation as well. And then there is a short article called, What is Cultural Appreciation and How is it Different from Cultural Appropriation? on Preemptive Love, uh, which was also short, easy to read, um, pretty enjoyable, and very informational. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope you'll join us next week. And after a pretty tough conversation, I hope that you can still have an amazing day. Just know that you are loved and you are appreciated and that you are trying the best that you can. And And don't don't forget forget that that there's there's always hope hope for change today. today.